Amen. How many of you are glad you saved? Hallelujah. I want to know more about my Lord. Amen. I'll tell you, I've only done this two times in 24 years, and this is the third time, but I really felt impressed to God on Saturday to preach a message this morning. And so if you'll turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17, and uh, I thought about it uh, yesterday, weighed it out, and, uh, you know, nobody wants to preach in their own meeting. I promise you that much. But uh, that's what's been on my heart, so I'm going to obey God. And uh, you pray for me. God will help me a few minutes, and then we'll get out of the way. First Kings chapter 17, and uh, pray that God would help us. We're going to have a day of preaching. Amen. Thank God for preaching. Amen. And uh, we're going to load it up all day, I promise you. Uh, listen, I promise something's going to hit you before the day's out. Amen. And so just go ahead and make plans. We're going to all have to get right before the sun sets. Amen. That'll help us, won't it? Amen. First Kings chapter 17 and verse number 2. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord, we do want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for what our ears heard yesterday. And I do pray, God, that you would help us and touch us. And Lord, fill us afresh and anew. And we'll give you all the glory and the honor, for we do love you. And we ask in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated uh, this morning. I want to preach a few minutes this morning out of verse number 3. Uh, where the Bible says to Elijah, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself. And I want to preach a few minutes on that subject this morning on hide thyself. I want you to notice in verse number two here as we think about the ministry of Elijah. We know that Elijah was a great man of God. He was a great prophet of God. And what we notice about Elijah's ministry in verse number two is we notice the word of God in the life of Elijah. The Bible said, And the word of the Lord came unto him saying. You know, Elijah was God's man and God was speaking to Elijah. I want to be around men that God is speaking to. There's a lot of men that get up and they shell out information and they've got illustrations, but they, uh, they lack the unction. They lack the anointing of God. And there's more than just having truth, but we must have a timely truth. Amen? Uh, only God can anoint a man. Our scriptures come, or our authority comes from the word of God uh, and the touch comes from the anointing of God. And men need both the truth and they need the touch uh, when they're going to preach. Amen? Elijah was a man. And we see Elijah hear the word of God in the ministry of Elijah. It's going to inspire him. You'll notice in verse number 2 that phrase, uh, and the word of the Lord came unto Elijah. Notice in verse number 8, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, look at chapter 18 in verse number 1, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying Elijah was God's prophet. He 
was God's man. And Elijah was driven by one thing. He was driven by the Word of God. Amen? I'm telling you, if a preacher is going to be known for anything, he ought to be known for preaching the truth. Amen? And we see the Word of God in Elijah's life. The Word of God inspired him. The Word of God instructed him in verse number 3. And the Word of God is going to isolate him in this text this morning. And so we see the Word of God in Elijah's ministry. And then we see the will of God in Elijah's ministry. Notice in verse number 3, the Bible said, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Now when we think about the, the will of God in Elijah's ministry, uh, the Word of God was real in his life and the will of God was real in his life. You'll never know the Word of God until, or the will of God until you get in the Word of God. Amen? And the Word of God will always lead you uh, to, to the will of God. And so we notice the pace here. Look at verse number 3. He said, get thee hence. Amen? In other words, he puts Elijah on the move. Amen? I'm telling you, the will of God will cause you to move. Isn't that right? Uh, God don't use lazy preachers. Can I get a witness right Right there. Uh, listen, this is the laziest group of preachers or, or bunch of or generation of preachers we've ever seen. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, listen, they want a full-time salary in a big church uh, and they want a full-time ministry. They just don't want to work for it. Y'all still with me out there? I'm talking about if you're going to, listen, if you're going to be in the ministry, uh, you can't be scared of work. Amen? And the ministry's not a flashy suit and your face on a poster somewhere. I'm telling you what the ministry is. Uh, it's getting down in the trenches. Uh, it's getting up early every day. It's going about the Father's business. Uh, there's a pace in the will of God. Amen. And then I noticed the path. Look what he said. He turned. He said, turn the eastward. Amen. You see, God is interested in direction. He's interested in details. Uh, and God had a path uh, that he wanted Elijah to go down. And God has a path for every preacher. Amen. Uh, listen, your path isn't my path and my path isn't your path. Uh, but just like God had a path for him. God's got a path. He's got a direction, a will for all of our life. Amen. And so I see the path and I see the pace and then notice the purpose. Why is it that God wants him to hurry and to go eastward? The purpose is what I'm preaching on this morning is to hide thyself. I notice the purpose. I notice the place. He said by the brook chariot that is before Jordan. Now listen to me. My burden this morning is to preachers and particularly to younger preachers. God has a purpose. God has a pace. God has a path and God has a place for every one of his preachers to be hidden. The Word of God, the will of God, the working of God in Elijah's life. Look at verse number 4. And it shall be. Notice here uh, that God, this working of God in Elijah's life, notice it comes with a, a promise. And it shall be. You know, if you'll get where God wants you, there'll be some promises fulfilled in your life. God don't use a preacher that bounces here one year and bounces there another year. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, you can't be a member of every a church. Uh, you can't look for some great man of God to join his church to catapult your ministry. You got to get to the place and the place God wants you may be on the backside of nowhere. Amen. Uh, but you got to be willing to get in that place. Amen. And the working of God, if you'll get where God wants you, it may be an obscure place like this. Uh, it may be an isolated place like we're reading about this morning. But if you'll find 
find your place. And if you'll get in that place, the working of God will be as real in your life as what it is in any other man's life. And there'll be a promise if you'll get in that place. Amen. Now notice not only does that... The working of God come with a promise, but notice it comes with a a provision. Look what he said in verse 4, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. In other words, God said, I'm going to provide for you, Elijah, if you'll get where I want you to be at. I'm going to supply some things in your life. I'm going to give you a cool drink of water in a dry and thirsty land in a dry and thirsty time. I got provision for you, Elijah. The working of God is real in your life if you'll hide yourself comes with a provision. It, it comes with a personal responsibility. Look what he said in verse 3 again. He said, hide thyself. He said, I have commanded the ravens there to feed thee. There's a personal responsibility. God has a brook for every preacher. You know that? God has birds for every preacher. God's going to provide for us. God is going to take care of you. I think one of the things that God will show a preacher early on in his ministry, if he'll open his eyes and if he'll see that, is that he will take care of you. He'll sign your paycheck. He's the one that'll send him the needs. It won't be a church. It won't be a ministry that'll take care of you. God may use them as a tool, but I'll tell you it's God that'll signature your paycheck all the days of your life. But you got to learn the principle principle that's in this text and the principle is what's missing in our day. It's the principle of hiding thyself. Elijah is a middle-aged man in this text. And God speaks to Elijah and God supplies Elijah, but Elijah has the responsibility in verse number three to do the one thing that I think is missing in a lot of young men's lives today. It's responsibility of being hidden. In a day of social media, in a day when, when platforms are being built. Y'all still with me, aren't you? I mean, if anybody ought to say, man, preachers ought to. But I may have to get some help from some lay speakers here, lay members this morning. Amen. Uh, preachers may not be near as sick of uh, uh, preachers promoting themselves, but how about some of you lay folks out there? Don't you get sick and tired of seeing so much self-promotion? Don't you get sick and tired of men building platforms for themselves? Uh, I'm going to tell you, every man that God ever used in my life uh, and in your life were men that knew how to hide themselves. They were men that had spent some time on the backside of nowhere. Amen. They were some men that was hid in obscurity, and God raised them up at the appointed time, at the appointed place, and God used them in his own time and in his own way. Amen. Why would God tell Elijah to hide himself? Well, one, I think it was for deliverance. Amen. Ahab was out to kill Elijah. And so God said, hide yourself. It was for his own safety that God, it was for deliverance in Elijah's life. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of young men that have ruined themselves because they never learned how to hide themselves. You say, but if I, sh- if I don't show myself, how's anybody going to know I'm there? I'm going to tell you the one person that it counts with, the one person that's keeping the record, the one person that's going to give the rewards out at the end, the one person we're going to give an account to for every sermon we ever preached, for everything we ever did in the ministry. He'll see you where you're at. Uh, and that's all that really matters. Uh, we have to learn the principle that it's not about other people seeing us. Uh, it's only about one eye being set on us uh, and our eyes being set on one uh, all the days of our life. Uh, I'm telling you, nobody knew where Elijah was but God. Uh, but Elijah knew where God was. He's going to be at the brook. Uh, and Elijah showed up. Amen. I'm telling you, young man, uh, learn to hide yourself. Uh, it's a place of deliverance in your life. 
Oh, a lot of men's ministries have been destroyed by pride, promotion, putting themselves out there. I remember years ago, Brother Allen used to preach to us and he would say to us, he said, if you put yourself out there, you'll have to keep yourself out there the rest of your life. He said, but if God puts you out there, he'll keep you out there as long as he wants you to. Talking about God's, he hid himself. Why did God say hide yourself? For deliverance. Number two, for development. God is wanting to develop Elijah. And in our life, God wants to develop all of us. We never arrive to the place that we don't need to be developed. And I'll tell you, a lot of young men have missed the mark. They, they go out into the ministry undeveloped. Oh, what they do is they, they minimize their ministry because of a lack of learning, a lack of knowledge. They, they never enroll themselves in the school of hiding. Amen? Uh, they, they, they think that everything has to be put out in the open. Everything has to be seen. That others have to constantly know where they're at, what they're doing. And I want to tell you, social media has destroyed a lot of young men. It's caused them to spend more time exposing themselves than hiding themselves. You say, preacher, where do I hide myself? You hide yourself in the local church under your man of God that God gave you. You hide yourself under the shadow of his wings. I'm telling you, he may be a city preacher, he may be a country preacher, but it makes no difference. He's your preacher. He's a man of God that God gave you and you get under his wings and you pull, listen, you pull in the traces with him. You learn everything that God wants you to learn under him. You learn how to support him. You learn how to be sick. You learn how to be silent. You learn how to just stay with the man of God. I'll tell you another place to hide yourselves in the prayer closet. Amen. The, the secret place. Uh, shut the door and pray to your father which is in secret. I'm talking about a hiding ministry. Hide yourself under the preacher. Hide yourself in the secret place of prayer. Amen. Hide yourself in a Bible college somewhere. I mean, find, when you're a young man, get in a Bible college. If your local church has a Bible college, join that Bible college. Uh, listen, if, you, if God sends you to some other uh, Bible college, I'm not against that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Some men don't have a good church and some men don't uh, have the opportunity. So God raises up places across this country for them to go to. But listen, if you've got a local church that's got a Bible college, that's a good place for you to stay. That's a good place for you to labor. You say, but it's not big. It doesn't have a big name. It'll be all right. It's where God wants you to be at. You say, well, it's just a small little college. No, it's not. It's a brook in your life uh, that God puts you there uh, and you get every bit of drink of water you can out of that brook uh, until it dries up. Uh, hide yourself in a good Bible college. Well, I hit a stump right there, so let me back up and come again. Amen. I'm talking about, listen, I've seen too many young preachers today uh, that they think that they don't need Bible college. They think they don't need a library. They, they think they just need a King James Bible and a Strong's Concordance. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. If that's all you got, God will help you. Amen. Uh, but you ought to read books. Can I get a witness right there? And you ought to sit at the feet of some men and learn uh, all that you can while you can. Uh, God will bless you for just hiding away somewhere. We're living in this day. Elijah... He learned some things. So many things we could say this morning. About the thing, when I think about hiding ourselves, I'm burdened about young men. You know, five years in a ministry is not much. Can I get an amen right there? Young men, listen to me. If you've been pastoring five years, you don't know anything about pastoring. Can I get an amen right there? You say, how do you know that? Because I've been pastoring 25, 28 total, and I still don't know anything about it. 
Been amazing how when men have they pastored five years, used to the say it was after you, you had to be there five years just to really become the people's pastor. But I've met men that's been pastoring five years that have got more to say than men that's been pastoring 50 years. Y'all with me, aren't you? And then I think about men that's been in, you, you say, well, I've been on a mission field for four or five years. You don't know anything. <laughs> well, it'll get better as the day goes on. You say, well, I've been down there four or five years. We seen, You ain't seen nothing. You're there because God's people's give you money. You're there because God's people's prayed for you. You're not David Livingston. Come on, somebody say amen. We don't even know if you're going to make it because you've been there five years. Hey, you know how many missionaries come home, Brother LSU would say amen to this. Uh, after six or seven or eight or nine or even ten years, uh, you haven't even proved that you're going to stay yet. Uh, and we don't know if you're going to stick it out. Uh, you don't need to say anything. You say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'll tell you what you do. Uh, you go to that little church God called you to. Uh, you go to that mission field God called you to. Uh, you go to that ministry God called you to. And for the next 20 years, you just hide yourself where God put you. You just plow the place. You prove yourself to be faithful. And after about 20 years, we'll think about listening to what you have to say. Is that right? I'm going to tell you why I know it's right. Because men taught us that. I thought about it this morning. I thank God for the preachers that we grew up listening to. They were constantly telling us, now you, don't you get full of yourself. If you preach and pe three people got saved, five, if ten people got saved, they never even acknowledged you even preached. They'd get up and they'd say, well, wasn't the Lord good today? That's what ought to be said. Boy, I preach with that. We appreciate the Holy Spirit moving in there. Wasn't like, it was like you never even preached a sermon. That's good for a man in his 20s and his 30s and in his 40s. And he would just tell, and they, 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 they constantly was, was pushing us to the back. They were constantly trying to hide us. You know why? Because they didn't want us to get full of pride. They didn't want us to think that we had arrived. Listen, I can remember growing up as a teenage preacher and as a in my 20s, sitting at Faith Baptist Camp, wanting to preach and wishing to preach. And finally, somewhere it was about 25 or 26, Brother Blue said, you got 15 minutes. And I don't want to hear you 16. Y'all with me? He said, if you got any character, you'll close in 14. That's what they'd tell us. Hey, that's good for us. That helped us, hallelujah. It kept us where we needed to be at. I'm telling you, friend, I'm talking about the brook. You gotta learn to hide yourself. Hey, young man, you want God to use you. Hey, missionary, you want God to use you. You want God's hand on your life. You gotta learn to find your brook somewhere is where God puts you and just stay by the brook. Go off the scene in obscurity and let another man praise thee. Let another man say something about your ministry. And when he does, you don't have to go tell nobody about it. You stay as far away from those compliments. You let them go in one and out the other. You realize that we're dirt. You realize that we're nothing outside the grace and the mercy of God. We're not even worth the lead it would take to shoot us. And that's just amazing that God would count any of us faithful and even put us in the ministry. May we never forget in all the days of our life, hiding ourselves is the greatest principle of a preacher. Amen. I have to learn it. 
See, God knew that this would have to be developed in Elijah's life. And you, I know there's a lot we can say about Elijah in that cave, but the truth of the matter is this. We know Elijah went through great problems. We know he fought depression. We know that he went through, but you can say what you will about it. There's one thing Elijah knew how to do. He knew how to hide, didn't he? <laughs> there was a time when God said, now show yourself. But Elijah knew how to hide. Why is it so important that we hide ourselves? Let me give you this and I'm done. Number one, in hiding yourself, Elijah learned some things. What was God developing in him? He was developing submission. Look at verse five. I circled the first word, so. So what are you going to do when God says, hide thyself? The Bible says, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Elijah, why would you hide yourself? Because I'm all about the word of the Lord. Elijah wasn't about his word. Elijah was about God's word. In fact, Elijah didn't have nothing to say until God had something to say. We, I, we have to learn that. We really don't preach until God has something to say. Elijah hides himself. I see the obedience. I see the obligation. The obligation is to the word of God. Whatever God said, that's what Elijah's going to do. Submission is being developed. You say, well, was he not submitted before this? Sure he was, but God is constantly working submission in all of our life. We never reach the place where we have arrived at that. It doesn't matter if you've been in the ministry 30 years or 40 years. Uh, God is constantly developing submission to his will and to his word and to his work in our life. Uh, I'll tell you why it's important that we learn early to hide ourselves. Uh, it's because there God teaches us to submit. Think about it. Young men that run ahead and don't listen to their pastor never really do anything for God. You bypass the man of God. You bypass the leadership that God put in your life. You say, well, what if he's wrong? God will work all that out. Don't you worry about it. But if you don't learn to submit to your man of God, listen, if you ever, I would not want to be a preacher that did not learn how to submit and then have to pastor a church one day because you're going to reap what you sow. I'm talking about Elijah is learning submission to the will of God, the word of God, the way of God. Hey, the first step in, in being saved after we're saved, the first step in the, in the ministry for a man of God is that we learn the ministry of surrender, that we surrender to God's will. We submit to what God wants us to do. If you want God's hand on your life, learn to submit. Amen. If you want God to touch you and bless your ministry, learn to submit. Learn to do what God says, not what we want. Amen. Elijah, I don't know if he wanted to go to the brook or not, but I know one thing. He went there for one reason. That's what God said. And if that's what God said, that's what he was going to do. And I'm telling you, there's a ministry in hiding ourselves. We learn submission. Then I think he learned another thing. It developed not only submission, but notice this. It developed staying in his life. The Bible said in verse 5, for he went and he dwelt by the brook chair. You know what that means? That means he never left the place God sent him to until God gave him other orders. Elijah learned how to stay by the brook. 
He learned how to stay in the place. I don't know what that, I mean, listen, I know that was a brushy place. I know that it was a place of obscurity. There's not a crowd around. There's nobody to see Elijah where he's at. Elijah's in that place and, and his, it may not have been a very pleasant place. There was water there. There was food there. There was what he needed in life, but I don't know what each morning and each evening was. I, I'm telling you, staying in solitude day in and day out, it may have worked on his mind. It may have worked on, I mean, he may have longed to been around somebody he may, listen, the devil may have met him by that brook and played on his mind about Ahab and Jezebel. I don't know what all went through Elijah's mind, but I do know one thing. In spite of what he thought, in spite of what he faced, in spite of who was that wasn't there, in spite of the obscurity, in spite of however he fell, the bottom line is he dwelt where God put him. He learned the lesson of just staying put and not getting in a hurry and not moving ahead of God. He learned to stay where God called him to. If you're going to do anything for God, you got to learn how to stay somewheres. You gotta learn how to stay. You gotta learn how to stay when you want to leave. You gotta learn how to stay when others think you ought to leave. You gotta learn how to stay when others encourage you to leave. Elijah, why are you gonna stay? Because he said, This is what God said. He said, I'm not leaving until God tells me something else. Young man, learn. Let God develop stay. And there ought to be longevity in our ministries. I don't think God calls a man to a ministry for five years and then he tells him to go somewhere else for five years. Now, I will say this. We're living in a time when pastors are going through more than anybody that we've ever seen. Church will call a pastor. He'll come to that church. He'll preach. It's a Laodicean day. Sometimes churches don't live up to their obligation and men of God are forced to leave. I understand that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just, you know, I'm talking about... Uh, I'm talking about stepping stones in the ministry. It's not about a bigger church. It's not about a better church. It's not about a bigger ministry. It's not about going someplace. It's about staying where God puts you at. It's about being in the right place at the right time. You say, I'm in Bible college and I feel like I'm going nowheres and doing nothing. How do you think Elijah felt? It wasn't going anywheres. He wasn't really doing anything. Eating and drinking, that's, a lot of preachers like to do that, don't they? But he's just staying where God put it. He, God's developing, stay put. Stay right here. The ministry. He developed submission. He developed staying. He developed solitude in his life. Elijah's saying nothing. He's doing nothing. He's knowing nothing. He doesn't know what's going on. I think sometimes as men of God, we're better to not know some things. We're better not to see some things. God knows we're better not to hear some things. We're not to dive into everybody's life and everybody's ministry. I think sometimes that's what's wrong with social media. We know too much about people. We connect with people we were never supposed to connect with. A lot of this generation thinks the more people you know, the better off. No, you know who I'm supposed to know? Everybody God puts in my path. That's who we're supposed to be connected to. And we're living in that world. And you hear me this morning. You may be a young person, not be a preacher, but you learn how to submit. You learn how to stay someplace. Uh, you learn how to be patient. You learn, how, you learn solitude. Hey, there, there's peace of mind in solitude. There's peace in not knowing some things. There's development in just getting up every day and doing the same thing day in and day out. The monotony of life helps you in the ministry. Life can't be a jubilee every week. Can I get an amen? Life can't be 
it can't be all this. It can't be going here, there, and yonder. Sometimes life is just, for all of us, it's the mundane things of life. Jesus lived 30 years that way, didn't he? Before his ministry stepped out. You say, what did he do? He stayed. He submitted. He lived in solitude. Why would I think myself to be any better than my Lord? That if that's what God wanted for the ministry of Jesus Christ is to spend 30 years on the backside of nowheres in a carpenter's shop and grow up in a family and be hid and to hide himself for 30 years. But Christ submitted to that and Christ stayed where the Father wanted him to stay and he lived in that solitude and he was the Son of God. He was the King of glory. He was worthy of all splendor and all worship. But he made himself of no reputation. Oh, that we could get a hold of that in this generation. And the power of God was as much on his life though 30 years as it was the last three and a half years of his life. What did he learn? He developed solitude. He developed supply. Look what he said. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook. Notice this. It was in that supply. God used the birds and God used the bread and God used the blessing of flesh in a time when many people didn't have it and God used the brook. God brought all of these things. That Eli- God was doing something in Elijah's life even when it looked like he wasn't doing anything. And I'm telling you, sometimes God will put you in a carpet mill. Sometimes God will put you in a factory preacher. Sometimes God will put you in a church that, that voted you in, and then they wish they wouldn't have voted you in, but you, you know that was their mistake, and it was God's providence, and now they're stuck with you, and you're stuck with them. But you've got to stay. And God will take care of you. I remember the first church I took, had 25 people that night voted for me. 24 voted for me. One voted against me. And the one that voted against me was my cousin. <laughs> and she, she come out the service and, and she told me, she said, hey, I just want you to know that one person that voted against you was me. I said, well, that doesn't surprise me. I've never had no confidence in you anyway. <laughs> he said, well, I was, I was 18. I didn't know a whole lot. But I'll tell you what God did. I went on visitation that week. I remember going down the street and I was knocking on, the, on doors and I saw this young man sitting there on the front porch and he was uh, about 17, 18 years old. I mean, broad shoulders, six foot tall. I mean, big old, played football. I mean, he was, just a, he was just a huge young man. He was sitting on the front porch and I walked up to him and I, I handed him a gospel tract. We talked a few minutes and you know, he spoke to me. He said, you know, I've never been saved. He said, I don't, I don't know how to be saved. And he gave him the gospel, and right there on his front porch, he bowed his head and he got saved. I said, well, I said, would you come to church Sunday and be baptized? He said, I will. I gave him the directions. It was only a few blocks from the church. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, Brother Jones, I was going back down that street, and I thought, that boy won't show up. You know how our flesh is. I said, I don't, th- I don't know if I'm even going to tell anybody. I don't think he'll come. It was my first Sunday as pastor of that church, and we started service that morning. Sure enough, here he come in and he brought his girlfriend with him and he brought his mother with him. Now my cousin had voted against me and I was already trying to figure out how I could get rid of her. I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. My first church, you know. I didn't know anything. Don't know much now. But she come to, but, but, that, but that young man came in and he brought his girlfriend and he brought his, he brought his um, mother in and they, his mother and my cousin had been uh, high school best friends. 
I didn't know that at the time. I preached that morning and, and, and his girlfriend got saved and, and his mother got saved, baptized all three of them that morning. And my cousin repented. That was a great service. Watching your cousin eat crows all and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know what I thought? You said, what? God takes care of you. God pr- provides. God supplies. God protects. You never know that if you don't hide yourself. And then finally notice this. He developed, I'll tell you what else he developed, not only supply, but sending out. Look at verse 7. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. There come a time when God is getting ready to send Elijah back out again. And I want to tell you something this morning. It's important. There's coming a day when God sends every preacher out. But you don't want to go out before your time. And when God sent Elijah out, it's important important to note where he sent him to. Uh, Elijah, he's not going to Carmel to call fire down from heaven. No, he's going to a widow. He's leaving the brook to go to another. He's leaving one ministry of obscurity and going to another ministry. It looks very small in the eyes of men. But what a great ministry it was. I'm going to tell you, there's no small ministry if you're where God wants you to be at. If you're in the will of God, it's the greatest ministry you'll ever have. It's in God, the center of God's will. Elijah goes out, but Elijah goes out, and he's, something's been developed deep in his heart. It's what needs to be in all of our hearts today as men of God, hiding ourselves. You know, I thought about this, and I'll close as they come get us a song ready. This is so important in our life because it don't ever end. As men of God, we always have to be on guard that we hide ourselves in prayer against pride, against promotion. It makes no difference if you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. As men of God, we constantly have to keep Christ lifted up. We must hide ourselves behind the shadows of the cross. We must pray that people see no man save Jesus only. We must pray that they don't see us, but that they see Him. There is nothing more repulsive than when a man of God gets up to prayer, a preacher gets up to preach, and all you see is Him. I hope you never see me. You see, I can see me this morning. Take a good look at yourself. I'm going to tell you, everything I see about me ain't worth talking. It's terrible. I don't want you to see any more of me than you have to. My wife knows me better than anybody else in this building, and I sure wouldn't want her to get up and testify about me today. I'm not out in no deep, dark, gross sin, but I'm telling you the best thing that we all learn how to do is hide ourselves. Hide ourselves. I've learned more about people down through the years in pastoring through social media than I would have learned in 20 years of being their pastor. Things they've posted. People they've hit like to. I've wondered, why would they like that? Have you ever thought that? I look at how that person is dressed and they hit like on that. And I ask them, do you like that? Is that your approval? Somebody get mad and leave the church and run the preacher down or run his wife down? I mean, like, run her down like a dog? And then remember, you know, that hurts, but I'll tell you what hurts worse than that part. We expect that, don't we? 
What I don't expect is somebody I'm still pastoring to hit like on somebody that you knew was a devil in a church somewhere. You better do. I'm going to tell you something, man of God. Will you remember this? Would you please apply this? If you have a social media account, would you make it your, would you just make it your marketing ministry to not comment on anything ever? Boy, you know how quiet it got right there? If just two preachers here would do that for me, I'll tell you what, people, they'll respect you more if you'll make your mind up. I'm not commenting. I'm not saying anything. You know, people don't have, you don't have to post something. You don't have to post, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Just preach. Quit posting and start preaching. <laughs> well, it's still right. That's why I just read a good quote. Just don't even do it. You know, post pictures of your grandkids. That's good. Somebody say amen. Post, uh, post uh, if you're going to post something, you know, post a revival poster of your church, having revival. Invite people to come. But don't, don't, don't feel like you need to educate the, the social world. Just preach. Just preach. You don't have to be for something. You don't have to be against it. Just be silent. Hide yourself as we stand this morning. You may not have that conviction, and that's all right. I'm not against you if you do. But I'm just telling you, people respect you more when you say less. It's just a fact. It's amazing. An older man of God said to me one time, we were sitting at a table. He said, have you noticed something? I don't know, maybe he was sure he was trying to help me. He said, have you noticed something? I said, what's that? He said, have you ever, have you ever noticed why? Have you ever noticed how the young men that know so little have so much to say? And older men that know more have so little to say? I said, I, I never thought about it like that, Brother Jones. I said, that is true. I said, you can't hardly get nothing out of an older man. It takes a while. A young man, he'll tell you everything he knows in five minutes. I said, why do you think that is? He said, I'm going to tell you why it is. He said, because we're closer to the judgment seat. He said, we got more to give an account of. He said, and we mark our words. I think it's that ministry of hiding ourselves as we bow our heads this morning. You don't have to come, and I don't want you to come if you don't feel the need to come. But as he plays softly this morning, we just need some men. I'm not going to think, don't come if you don't feel like you need to come. But, but I will tell you, less is always more in the ministry of God if we just hide. In due time, in due season, God will raise you up when the timing is right. Brother Daniel's going to sing. If you need to use the altar, you just might.